When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 340th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Training camp is underway, and we've had two padded practices. It's been a lot of uh, activity thus far, a lot of transition as they move to a new quarterback. But the focus of the first week has been on the defense. And we caught up with defensive coordinator Dean Pease this weekend, and he went off on about changing the culture of the defense. Let's hear from Dean Pease on a a myriad of topics here today, none other than starting with, you know, how, you know, the culture of the defense, how it's got to be changed, and uh, uh, some of the other issues. We'll look back at the history of the Falcons' defense, but uh, Dean Pease went on a pretty strong rant when we asked if he agreed with how Coach Arthur Smith uh, agreed with Arthur Smith about these these being some of the most competitive practices he's seen. I would say that too. Yeah, and, and then sometimes you're going to get in a few scuffles when stuff starts getting competitive. But that's what you want. You don't want guys sitting back and being passive. It's football. It's a tough ass sport, and so you want guys that are going to compete and get and. What you want is guys that kind of get their burr up a little bit when you get beat. You know, you don't want somebody like, oh, okay, I got beat, and then come back. You want the guy to come back and fight. And that's, I don't want a fist fight, but I just, you want the guys to come back, and that's what you're looking for and compete. Don't take it. Don't, we, you know, we talked about it before and talked about it a little bit last spring, and defense especially. We're changing a culture around this day going place. Okay, and it's not going to be mediocre. It's not going to be average. It's not going to be in the bottom half of the league like it's been 15 out of the last 20 years. Sick of that crap. we got to take charge. And it ain't going to be anybody else to do it but us. Okay? I'm tired of everybody telling us how bad we are. So after a while, you start believing it. Just like you tell you, you never tell your children and stuff like, hey, you guys, you don't, you, you get mad at a teacher who says, you know, telling some kid he's stupid, right? You don't ever tell somebody that because pretty soon they start believing it. Guys around here on defense sometimes believe, hey, 15th is okay or whatever. I've been in the top 10 one time out of the last 20 years. That bullshit is over. Okay? Sorry, I'm getting fired up today, but I'm tired of this crap. We're going to change the culture of the defense around this freaking place. People have got to start talking about Atlanta defense like they did at Baltimore, like they did at New England. It's going to be the same around here. All right, there it is. Coach Dean got fired up. He's a uh, 73, I think, but uh, you couldn't tell from that. Now let's uh, before we talk about how to change the culture and uh, whether you know he threw some some stats out there about the Falcons. Let's look at DP's record. You know he's uh, uh you know he came out of retirement to coach the uh, the Falcons and and he was in, he's been in New England and the Ravens. So in New England he was the defensive coordinator from 06 to 09, and his defenses he's counting total yards or yards allowed. 
Uh, that's the stat he's counting. Uh, there's a couple of different. I was taught us four stats to look at on defense. Um, points allowed, yards allowed, and then you break it down to passing yards allowed, defensive yards allowed. He's going total yards allowed. So just so everybody's on the same page here. And we're going to look at a couple of different things with the, the Falcons over this 20-year history that he talks about. I've been here for most of it, so I've seen all these defenses. Uh, you know, some of the good players over the years, John Abraham, Curtis Lofton, uh, Lawyer Malloyer, you know, they've had some players, but uh, not to the level that Dean Pease had in New England and Baltimore. So when he was in New England from 06, and he's an Ohio guy, Finley, Ohio, came up through the MAC, uh, ran into Saban and Belichick during the, their Ohio days, uh, was head coach at Kent State for a minute. Uh, and but until New England uh, took him, uh, Miami of Ohio guy. He's been, you know, he's an Ohio guy. Uh, and I'd have people that played for him at Miami of Ohio. One of my friends who uh, spoke very highly of Coach Dean Pease, and, and you know, his mother died, and Dean uh, reached out to him. But let's get back on track here about the defenses in New England. Yeah, OZ Davis played for him, and when his mom died, Dean uh, uh, was more than gracious uh, to the Davis family. So uh, in 06, they were six. In 07, they were fourth. That was his best defense uh, uh, as a defensive coordinator. In 08, they were 10th. And in 09, they were 11th. So he had three top 10 defenses in New England. Uh, you know, that's Teddy Bruschi, um, 06 and 07, 08. That's uh, Richard Seymour's going into the Hall of Fame uh, on Saturday. And then uh, in 09, uh, they were 11. So he had three top 10 defenses and four defenses in the top half of the league. Y'all know I talk about the top half of the league all the time. Uh, you know, it's been a battle for the Falcons to get there. But like you said, uh, they've only been able to do it a few times over the last 20 years. In Baltimore with the Ravens. Now he's got Ray Lewis and uh, uh, Ed Reed for most of this. So, yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, in 12, they were 17th. That, that was, uh, yeah, his one time not in the top 16 with uh, New England and Baltimore. Then in 2013, they were 12th. 2014, 8th. 2015, 8th. 2016, 7th. And 2017, they were 12th. Now, um, 2012 at the Falcons, that was one of their good defenses. That was a fifth uh, top ten against scoring. The Falcons somehow score against San Francisco, they would have met in the Super Bowl. Uh, they got uh, that Navarro Billman uh, non-call on the Roddy White crosser, and that season ended on the six-yard line. But so there he is at the Ravens. With three top 10 defenses, 8, 8, and 7 from 14, 15, 16, and five top uh, top half defenses. Uh, 2012 was the only team outside of the top uh, half of the league. So that is uh, total those years together. That's four in New England, six in Baltimore, one defense not in the top half, and one, two, three, four, five. Six defenses, six out of ten in the top ten. So uh, that's what he's talking about. Uh, he ends up going to uh, Tennessee as a D.C. in 18 and 19. He had a top eight defense in 2018. 
And then in 19, they were 21st. So during that tenure, his highest defense was the 2007 Patriots, ranked fourth. And then his lowest ranked defense was the 2019 Titans at 21. Now, of course, they come in and switch the Falcons from 4-3 from, uh, to 3-4, got rid of some of the better players, and uh, tore it down on defense, and they finished 26. That was the lowest of his career. So, you know, Dean Pease wants to, you know, he came in here talking about the Falcons tradition. We got we have to look at his, too. And uh, his is one of top ten defenses all over the place and a couple um, defenses that did not make it to the top half for the league, just three, uh, one in Baltimore, one in Tennessee, and, of course, last year in Atlanta. So how is he going to go about uh, changing the culture here? Let's hear from Coach Dean Pease on how you change the culture. I mean, how do I do it? Think about it. Think about it. That's called competing. That's what you do. You get after them. You want other guys to get after other guys, too. It comes, it's a hell of a lot more if it comes from another player than it does from a coach. Coaches are always correcting us. We're just basically negative guys at heart. Okay, but when another player gets on you and says, you ain't doing your job, our standard here is we're, you're one of 11 people. You just do your job and the other 10 do their job, usually things are going to work out pretty good. We need players that are taking charge, and they are. That's what I like about this young group is these guys are starting to take charge out there and get after each other a little bit and not accept it. And the only way you're going to do it is compete hard, compete hard, and the other thing you're going to do is when somebody doesn't do it, you take them out and you put somebody else in. It's called competition. Okay? Too many times around here, everything's based on salaries. I'm talking about it here. I'm talking about in the NFL. Based on a guy makes a lot of money. I don't care. Hey, I don't have anything to do with salary cap as a defensive coordinator. All I know is the best 11 guys are going to go out there on the field. And the best 11 guys that are hungry and want to play. And if one of those guys making a lot of money, tough. Get the hell out. I've done it before. Okay? I took a starter out at, New or at Baltimore and put a backup in, and he played the rest of the year. And the starter never got back in. I don't really care. Okay, last year we didn't know. I didn't know a hell of a lot about this team. I know a lot more about it right now, and that's how we're going to play defense around here. Well, all right, Coach Dean says they're going to play a lot better defense. He's got a plan on how to change the culture. Now let's look back at the Falcons' uh, defenses that he talked about. Five out of 20 years in the top 10, and, uh, you know, that was the – uh, 2017 defense coordinated by Marquand Manuel. They were ninth total yards. Uh, Ten and six team went to the playoffs. That's the team died on the one yard line in Philly. Richard Smith's team, the first year under Dan Quinn uh, era, they finished uh, 16th in the top half. Uh, eight and eight team didn't go to the playoffs. In 2011, the Falcons finished 12th in the top half. 10-6 um, team went to the playoffs, died in uh, New York against the Giants. No, 2010 was the up, uh, Green Bay. They were number one seed, uh, 16th defense, Brian Van Gorder, 13-3, and, and uh, got thrown out of the Georgia Dome by Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, and then the, the last ones go back to 2004. They finished 14th, and that was the 11-5 team. 
with Ed Donatel as the uh, defensive coordinator. So that's uh, that's uh, those are the five teams that he's talking about finishing in the top half of the league five times in the last 20 years. The only one top 10 defense. And uh, if they could have got past, Keanu Neal intercepts the ball that he bobbled and kicked off his knee. It was just bad right before the half, and they don't go down and score. They beat uh, Nick Foles and maybe go and win the Super Bowl and avenge the loss uh, from the previous season. But they had the defense that year to do it. Couldn't get it done against a backup quarterback in Philly. And so that we didn't know that that was a historic defense at the time. Uh, but they came back that tough year and uh, died on the one-yard line on some shaky Steve Sarkeesian play calling. So that's what that's the history that Dean Pease is referring to, which he wants to get away from. He wants a top-10 defense. And going back the last 20 seasons, there's just been one. Uh, and they weren't able to sustain that. So we talked about changing the culture. Let's move on to, so are the players hearing these low expectations that people have for them? And, hey, how can you include pep talks to get them going? Look, we can't control what everybody else says about us. What you got to do is you got to believe in yourself. I've been there before, okay, not many times with New England and Baltimore and stuff, but I've been there before, and I've seen it. And what you got to do, and, and you know what it does? It takes the right people. You want to really talk about it, you really want the truth, it takes the right players to do it. You got to take guys that won't take it. I will not tolerate this. I won't take it. And if you can't, you got to find those players. Those are the kind of guys. There's, there's so many times, and I hate to always kind of give you some past history and stuff, but there's so many times I've never, if, if a coach has to raise his voice to get guys jacked up on defense, we ain't good enough. It ain't about us giving a pep talk. Bill Belichick never gives a pep talk for the game. Nothing. Nothing. And he used to always say, if it takes that before a game to get you ready, I'm going to get you ready during the week. You ought to be ready come Sunday. Okay, he doesn't give pep talks. Saban doesn't give really pep talks. The guys I've worked for. Okay, it's, it's players that got to get ready. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to change a culture trying to bring players in here that got that kind of attitude. Whether they're the fastest guys or not, I think we're a lot faster than we were a year ago. Whether that's it's all based on that, it isn't based on that. It's based on being a football player. Okay, we get too caught, some guys get too caught up in height, weight, speed, vertical, all this kind of stuff, long arms, all that stuff. I had James Harrison in college. Nobody wanted his ass. Why? 5'11", short arms. Pretty good career. What do you think? You know, you know why? Because he was a nasty, tough football player that loved to play. That's what you have. That's what we got to have here. And that's how we change it. You change it with players and attitude. Well, yeah, James Harrison was uh, out of Kent State with Golden Flash that uh, went on to have a you know good career. Bounced around for a while because uh, he didn't measure, have the measurables like Coach Dean said, but went on to have one of the, uh, a great career, one of the best <laughs> Super Bowl plays ever that 90 nine-yard interception return uh, against Arizona. But right now, we're going to toss to the break. This is the Bowtie Chronicles podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. 
In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. All right, here we're uh, digging deep into some of Coach Dean Pease's thoughts here about changing the culture. And we, uh, we had a couple fights at practice last week. Uh, before we get to the fights... Uh, there was a big loss uh, here uh, this week on Monday with Vincent Taylor, the big nose tackle that brought in 6'3", 3'11". You know, they got to get bigger at the nose. Uh, he suffered a ruptured Achilles out for the season. They still have 10 defensive tackles in camp and think they're okay. Uh, Anthony Rush was the one that uh, came in and helped them out a great deal last year. They were thinking Taylor, who was with the Texans last year, Missed all the last year except for one game with an ankle injury. So hard luck for Vincent Taylor, a former Oklahoma State kid out of New Orleans. Uh, he's going to miss another season. So, you know, uh, let's move on to, to, you know, how you deal with fights in camp. How you feel about, we asked Dean how he felt about the fights that they had in camp. When you get a spirited practice, it's, it's usually inevitable. It's going to happen. I've seen so many of them, Michael. Here's what I do. I'm 72 years old. I walk the other way. <laughs> My ass has been hit before. I went in there as a young buck trying to break it up and getting knocked out. You know what? You guys have at it. I'm, I'm done. Where did you get hit? Huh? Oh, way back when. I got knocked out. The guy went back to punch and got me with the elbow while I was behind him. About lost my teeth. So. New England. <laughs> Believe it or not, the guy who was in the fight was Brady. <laughs> it wasn't him that hit me, but it was him. Yeah, that was Michael Rothstein following up on the, the Dean running from the fights uh, uh, story. So we got a couple more uh, things we want to do before we wrap up here. You know, points allowed is uh, another measurement. Uh, you know, Coach Smith's defense had to play that way. Uh, they would... Uh, you know, with the rules changing, you know, you really can't lock people down, the passing rules and so forth. So they would give up yards, but then try to lock you down and get you to a field goal inside the 20. So uh, the Falcons did have four top 10 uh, defenses in scoring uh, over the last 20-year period that uh, Dean Pease was referencing. The 2017 team was fifth in scoring. That was Manuel's defense. The 2012 team that would have faced Pease and them in the Super Bowl, but for the non-call on the Roddy White play. Uh, that defense coached by Mike Nolan was uh, fifth in scoring. And the uh, 2010 uh, defense was fifth in scoring, Brian Van Gorder's defense. So two of Coach Smitty's defenses were fifth, top ten in scoring. Uh, Marquand Manuel was uh, top five and scored in 17. And then 2002, uh, eighth and scoring. That's Dan Reeves' team. 
Uh, Wade Phillips was the defensive coordinator there. So uh, those are some of the points allowed. You know, it's points allowed, yards, then break it down, passing yards, rushing yards. You want a top 10 defense, look at yards and points. And so that's where we, um, you know, that's how we keep score over here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. One of the big issues, of course, is pass rush, but, you know, the rush and the secondary are married together. And uh, Coach Pease is a secondary guy, uh, uh, and then coached the linebackers too for a lot of a lot of years. So we wanted to know how is the secondary looking right now. Good thing about it is I think we got a great mixture of vets and secondary in, in back there in the secondary along with young guys. You got two young safeties, but you got two veteran safeties right behind them, pushing them and telling them and helping them a lot. And then you got corners out there, and then you got Darren and Paul and those guys are over there fighting with Casey. So the competitiveness is good. Mike Ford's really shown up. Great to have Isaiah back. I mean, I'm feeling good about those guys. Yeah, no question about it. If they're going to change the culture, they're going to do it with some of the guys he mentioned. Also, defensive tackle Grady Jarrett, uh, A.J. Terrell are your mainstays on defense. He talked about Mike Ford, who's a special teamer. Uh, but, you know, he may be able to help him. Isaiah Oliver is coming back. They're hoping he can help him at nickel. And then they signed some veterans that, uh, you know, Casey Hayward should help him out. At cornerback, Rashad Evans, he played for Pease in Tennessee. Uh, he's going to – he's essentially replacing Fourier Ulican on a prove-it deal. And Lorenzo Carter is essentially replacing Dante Fowler uh, on another one-year prove-it deal. So those are the players that, um, you know, are going to be charged with changing the culture here in Atlanta. we got one more clip from Dean Pease, and we're going to look ahead to next week and the first exhibition game uh, for you. So we wanted to know from him, what are you watching uh, for more right now between the competition or the technique? I heard this a long time ago from an offensive coach. And it was down in the red area, and I remember the, the quarterback coach, who I had the utmost respect for, talking to the quarterback about being brave enough to throw it in there, even when it looks like it's covered. Well, to me, I am kind of want the same thing on defense. I'd rather see our guys be over-aggressive right now to the point of actually maybe even getting an interference call, not as long as it's not grabbing. I'd rather see them that than sitting there and playing off and being soft and the guy catching it in front of you all day. I'd rather we, the only way you're going to make them aggressive is make them aggressive. Okay, I remember going into a game one year at Cincinnati back in New England, and I actually told Rodney Harrison in secondary at New England, I said, I want you guys all over these guys. They had Hoos Mazada, Chad, you know, they had a hell of a team. Palmer, I said, we are going to go attack these guys. If they double move you, grab them, take the holding penalty, it's five yards, first down, big deal. We were so damn aggressive and played the hell out of them, beat the crap out of them. That's what we're trying to do here, especially in camp. We were not aggressive enough last year. We need to be aggressive in coverage. We got a great corner out of here that can be aggressive, but we need everybody to be that. All right, a great corner he's talking about is AJ Terrell. Now, um, before we get out of here, just want to um, look ahead to next week. The Falcons, uh, we're dropping this on Wednesday. They practice um, Thursday's going to be an off day. And uh, Friday, they'll be back out there Friday and Saturday. We'll have Gabe uh, Burns and Erica LaFlora at practice. I'll be up at Canton for 
the Hall of Fame festivities for Richard Seymour and former Falcons coach Bryant Young. Uh, also, before next week, we're trying to get a special edition of the podcast out to you with an uh, interview with Jason Reed. We're you know, in the process of finalizing that. Uh, we'll know more uh, later on the rise, on his new book that's out called The Rise of the Black Quarterback and What It Means for America. Jason Reed, formerly of ESPN and the Washington Post, he's a senior NFL writer at Anscape. Uh, consulted with him several times during preparation for this book. And uh, then next week we'll have Wednesday, we'll drop the uh, 341st episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. And um, get ready for the first exhibition game next Friday, the uh, 6th, not this coming Friday, but the August the 12th at the Detroit Lions against Coach Kneecaps and the Detroit Lions at 6 p.m. next Friday. And uh, that can't get here fast enough. We want to see uh, if these Falcons uh, uh, offensive and defensive players, he's going to play them. He's going to play them this year. Well, so we're going to, I don't know how much, but the players are going to play. They're not going to do that. Wait to the first game and then figure out that, hey, we're not ready to play. So um, uh, it's going to be exciting this year that the uh, actual vets are going to play. Uh, I probably, you probably don't have to play Grady Jarrett, but in uh, Kyle Pitts and Terrell, but everybody else needs to go on and get some action. So with that, we're going to get on out of here for the 340th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Shout out to our guy Jay Black for getting us through a little microphone issue today. And uh, we'll be back with uh, Jason Reed and back with the Falcons podcast in the next few days. Thanks for listening. Take care and have a great rest of your week. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Oh, 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 oh,